Warning, this podcast contains adult topics and themes as well as explicit language. If you are under the age of 18 or bothered by sexual topics, then this podcast is not for you. For everyone else, enjoy. Hi, I'm Frank. And I'm Shelly. And this is the Oh You Were Serious podcast, where we talk about the ups and downs of navigating a marriage that has never followed a traditional path. From emotional affairs and less-than-ethical outlooks and situationships to where we are now, growing together in a much more ethical manner. Join us as we explore how much communication makes the difference in making a marriage work or letting it fall apart. All right, so welcome to the second episode of the Oh You Were Serious podcast. We're going to kind of touch on the threesomes that we had early on in our marriage. What led to them? What we got out of them and how our journey into kink really started. Um, and go from there. So it was right in the middle of 2014, and I had left another job at Waffle House rather abruptly. And after some persuasion, decided that I was going to uproot us again. And we were going to move to Tennessee, little tourist town where things were ridiculously expensive, but there were job opportunities that paid a lot better than what I was being offered with the experience I had in Georgia. So we moved up there, and there are a lot of adult novelty stores in the town we moved to. Yeah. And all of a sudden, some of these fantasies you had, well, the tools were more readily available to me, and we had the funds to get some. Right. And one of the first things we actually purchased at one of those novelty stores was a wand that plugged into the wall. And I had it up until about two years ago. And that thing changed your whole outlook on what a sex toy should be. It definitely did. Now I have all sorts of, you know, fun things, but the the ones that plug into the wall are probably the best, in my opinion. And beyond that, there were a multitude of different sized dildos. And... Well, what, um, when we went to one of them, one of the ladies that was working there showed me a specific one that would hit a G-spot, and she let me hold it in my hand. I remember that. We didn't get it, because it was very expensive. I think it was like $150 at the time. And that was one of the ones that was uh, Bluetooth back when they were first becoming really popular. It was, yeah. And she let me hold that in my hand, and I was like, I need one of these, but they're expensive, because, you know, it had just come out on the market. So, um... I know those first gens were like $400 pop. <laughs> but this one was a little bit cheaper. But the thing is, we had never really been into sex source and stuff like that. So it was in, like, awakening when you walk in through the doors. Because there's so much to choose from. And we hadn't really been down that road of kink. So, like, my brain was wide open with it. I was excited. There was sniffle clamps and restraints and floggers and crops and everything like that. So... I wanted to run wild in the store, but I think we only stuck with the wand and, like, two other things. Oh, no, you're remembering way off, because we left, and it was almost a weekly trip up there for a while. Well, yeah, but I'm saying the first visit. Um, 
that, yeah, they all run together, right? <laughs> I know within a, within a month or two, we had nipple clamps and... We well, started our bag. And a flogger and a paddle and a handcuff. And that led to curiosity on your part about... About painting. Because, for one, I watched a lot of game porn. I watched a lot of game porn back then. I still do now. It is a major turn on for me. Um, so... Seeing the fact that there was strap lines at those places made me want to bring it to your attention because I just thought it's hot. And plus, I, whenever I was with a female, I was more of the masculine type in the relationship. And I kind of wanted to feel what that would be like to, to not just be fucked, but to fuck someone with, you know, a fake dick. <laughs> And at this point, I was still under the uh, understanding that I was I was straight. I'm straight as a board. Like, you're not putting anything inside of me. I, I tried something with finger one, so it wasn't, you know, all that impressive. I'm going to have to pass on that. Right. No, thank you. Um, much less uh, 10 to 12 inch from a dick. Like, <laughs> you <laughs> lost your mind. I don't think any rubber dick I've ever had is 10 to 12 inches. Just saying. Nah, I know the one I've got in there that was minus. That at least 12 inches. <laughs> you can keep that. I don't want that. Um, but we, we ended up talking more about that. And you had come up with kind of... A negotiation. Yeah, a negotiation. A for trade, it. if you will. Yeah. And that was that... And if I was to let you peg me, you wouldn't let me find a girl to have a threesome with. Right. And we would, you know, that would be on the table. It, it was on the table. It's not quite how it happened, but it was on the table. Not at all. Our <laughs> first two threesomes were not with the female. And me being with the mindset I had at the time, um, yeah. As soon as you put that on the table, I was down. We can give it a shot. And what happened next was quite a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Ah, because I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Right. And you were just very careful and tender while also being quite aggressive. <laughs> and you said some of the sexiest shit that I think I've ever heard in my life. And while at the time... I'm Caught me all the way off guard when she leaned in real close and, and whispered in my ear, there is no, not a feeling in the world as amazing as having a cock deep inside you. And, and at that time, you had one deep inside me, so right. it was hard to argue with it. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a moment that I enjoyed. It brought a lot of fantasies to life for me. While it, you know, awoke your, um, what would you call it? Well, I think I immediately, in the scene, decided, well, you know what, I, I might be bi. <laughs> <laughs> right, whereas I had always known I was. Uh, because you, you put me through my paces. You didn't just stick it in me, you made me suck it and lick it and the whole fucking nine yards. That's where the gay porn came in handy, just saying. And I wanted to make you as comfortable as possible, too, because I knew how hesitant you were with the whole idea in that before that you had to identify as a straight man. 
And I wanted your first experience to be something that was in, you know, something that you enjoyed, even if it was something we would never do again. Right. And I'm over here under the impression that this is a one and done. Right. Like, I just do whatever she wants right here. I get it over with, and the treasure's mine into the rainbow. Right. I'm the lucky leprechaun. <laughs> so. You were still the lucky leprechaun. I was still the lucky leprechaun. <laughs> and, yeah. So, we discovered a lot that night. You were clumsy. Yeah. You were very clumsy. I still am. <laughs> and something about you know not not having one swing and putting your legs all the time it caught you a little off guard yeah it's a little uh difficult to navigate uh having the cop between your legs you know not somebody fucking you but you fucking somebody when you have a vagina and and you're, you're used to a whole different set of emotions yeah the the one thing they don't tell you is how many muscles you have to use for that shit because i get tired quick my legs were screaming at me and although i was losing weight at the time i there was no muscle there for that. Um, I don't know how most men do that. Um, but it was an experience that I thoroughly enjoyed. I still like to do from time to time. I think we were laying in bed afterwards and I, and I told you that I wanted to try that for real. Right. And that if you wanted to bring a man in for another threesome or for a threesome, as long as my woman threesome was still on the table, that that was something we could talk about. Right, and obviously I jumped kind of quickly on that because that was still a part of my fantasy, not just fucking you, but watching, you know, a guy fuck you or you fuck a guy. Um, so I kind of moved into that pretty quickly. And we didn't have the best avenues. I think we were trying to look... And I mean, while I did eventually find somebody at work that we were looking online in more vanilla places. Yeah. Uh, you were on. I was on Meet Me. Which is only recently turning into something of a pairing site for. Right. Back then, um, when I first started my Meet Me account, um, it was strictly for friends. I connected with somebody halfway around the world that became my best friend for a long time. But at that time, that website was also more oriented as a social media platform. Exactly. Comparison to the dating, sub-dating sub site it became. Right. Um, when I had used Meet Me to try and find somebody for a threesome, it, it was more acceptable in that site to kind of be sexual than it had been before. Now, that's not to say there was any kind of nudity allowed. No, like, I don't even remember if you could send pictures um, I think it was literally just talking. It was it was like texting someone back and forth without an actual phone number. It was just an app for texting. And it didn't take you very long at all to find somebody that you caught their interest. Right. Um, it did show you, like, local people um, for the most part. And I had found someone local that took interest in me. And we had had conversations. And I'm not sure how the conversation transpired to get him over to our place. Right, and I know I've had a time you said that he wasn't real comfortable with the idea of playing with me, but, like, maybe he'd let me suck him or something like that, but it would be, you know, it was more, um... Focused on myself than you. Right, and if I'm speaking candidly, 
I think that he he was a virgin. He was definitely a virgin. And he saw an opportunity to get him some ass. And, you know, if a guy sucking his cock was the only thing standing in his way, why not? Right. Because he was, there was a lot of red flags. Okay. There was a lot of, and if I took that man's virginity, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I am very Oh, you can't apologize. Sorry. But you gave him a hell of a night. Oh, he gave me hell of a night. An awkward nights but um if he was virgin i'm very sorry <laughs> but you you let me know that you've been talking to this guy and we talked him over and we invited him over one night after work and he worked at the little mini mini golf place right up the street so he walked there after work and he was i'd say probably a little bit younger than we were yeah he wasn't much younger than we were, but... 18 or 19 to our 21. I think he was 19. And he came over, and we all got undressed. Yeah. And you sucked him, and he was enjoying it. And then I sucked him, <laughs> and he got a little bit over-enthusiastic. Yes, because this is where I found out that my husband sucks better than I I am okay at it. This man over here is... Whew, yeah, I, I need... I should have been learning tips and tricks. Tips and tricks? Tips and tricks. Maybe I'm getting stumbled over my words because I'm thinking about it. Tips for your tricks. Yeah. Yeah, okay. those. But I did find out you something better than I do. And that's okay. But I think that was a self-esteem hit. And I used to try to argue with that, that. Like, there's no way. Just just because I can do it with a rubber one. But at this point, I've received compliments. Yeah. I'm going to ride that eco trip. <laughs> Suck dick like a champ. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and that led us all engaging in sex. Um, you weren't on birth control, so condoms were being used. Yeah. And you also experienced your first DP then. I did. And not, and that's, that's, that's your ass and your pussy. Yeah. Both. And that was an experience for you. That was my first real experience. I mean, I know we had had a little bit of handle play on my end, but that was a whole nother ball game. That's a whole nother kind of orgasm. That's still something on the list you can't wait to do it again. That is. That, that is. But there, you know, there's going to be more involved than just a D in the there. Uh, but <laughs> um, that night's still a little foggy for the most part. I don't know if you've been drinking a little bit. Knowing you, probably. Probably, because I was very good at drinking back then, in all honesty. Uh, or I was high as a kite. Well, I blocked out a lot of stuff that I felt was trauma, and that was one of those times. Uh, <laughs> I blocked out every time I had awkward sex. You know how much of my memory would just be a black hole. That's what I'm saying. Mine's gone. So oh, You have to treasure this, man. This is why I have to have a notebook, and you never help me remind me of things. So... He came. Yeah. And he was done. And he was done. He was done. He got up, got dressed, and said that he was leaving. Still in the middle of plenty. In the middle of us still going out. I offered him, like, a chance to fuck your ass and everything. You did. I think you even offered him a drink. Like, and he, he was, I gotta work in the morning. Yeah. And he, <laughs> and he was out the door. Out the door. He was gone. And me... <laughs> And Frank were just looking at each other like, what the fuck just happened? And we both bust out laughing. We did. It was a whole experience. It was, it was so awkward. 
<laughs> like, I can't remember if we tried to keep fucking after that. No, I think we stopped. I think we were done. We were like, okay, that's just... It took a whole different turn than what we ever thought would happen. And it's not to say it was bad. The, the experience itself wasn't bad. It was just... The after. He, I mean, yeah, he was... Like I said, he seemed like he might have been a virgin. And the whole experience caught him quite off guard. Right. And that is... I mean, looking back at it, about what I should have expected for our first threesome. Right, it's not what I expected at all. And when I say our first threesome, I'm, I'm not sure about you, but that was my first threesome. It was mine, too. Okay, yeah, like, I, I didn't even for you. So, um, so yeah, leaving that, we, we felt like it was something we wanted to do again. Mm-hmm. But I had reservations on it. Uh, because of how awkward the situation had gotten, it meaning and him quit talking completely. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, it was that night. Is it fair enough? Yeah, and he thought it was gone. <laughs> history erased, couldn't find him anywhere. Yeah, it was a whole ordeal where he just didn't want anything to do with me again. And that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we didn't have anything beyond that agreement. He showed up, he did what he came to do, and he left. Exactly. So, but it was still an awkward situation nonetheless. So, that. Ended up leading to our second threesome, and that was more of you, your whole doing, than mine. And we had been experimenting with blindfolds at the time, and I had kind of, you know, what if I had you blindfolded and, and there was somebody else? And in a way you commonly do, you kind of, yeah, that'd be hot. Sure, why not? Not necessarily thinking that I'd be able to go out and pull one in. But as ever, I was on it. Yeah. And I've always had a tendency to overshare <laughs> with everybody. Yeah. I'm not a closed book. So I had taken to, um, there was a gay man at work who thought it was funny to, to fuck with me, my flirt with me. So you had me go through this kind of sexual awakening. And I think at one point he ended up telling me I was too much of a princess for his taste. Like, he had changed his mind. And I'm right. Like, well, you know, it is what it is. Okay. And uh, so in my conversations at work, um, we learned about, I learned about a website that at face value is like the Facebook for kink. Right. And I was like, well, I got to check this out. And I came home to tell you about it. And I had already had an account. I was friends with our neighbor who did like the nudist thing and he was on the site and he was had been in the cave for years and we had just been talking about it and he got me interested in it. So I joined to see what the hype was. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to make a profile too. And I did. And actually, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with anybody on there. More than a couple of sentences, with the exception of maybe Wolf, who we met down the road. Right. Um, you developed developed some connections on there. I did. I developed a connection that lasted for probably about six years on and off. And for the most part, I used to post pictures of the crazy stuff that we did. Right. So, but back to the conversations at work. One of the guys mentioned that uh, he had some experience in the lifestyle. Not necessarily all following the avenues that we 
were specifically looking for. I think he was more into public play and pet lifestyles, but he did have a little bit of DS under his belt. Right. And he was by. <laughs> so that was, as far as I could say, it was, it, you know, why not? We'll give it a shot. Right. And I came back to you again. I broached the subject of bringing somebody home and you were open to it. Or at least you said you were open to it. So one night after work, which, you know, in hindsight, probably could have been planned out better. Um, that's what I did. I brought a bowl. Yeah. And I came in through the door and had him wait kind of out of sight. Came around to you. We got things going. I think I had told you to have a blindfold on before I walked through the door. Yeah. Before you had gotten off work, you had sent me a text message telling me to have the blindfold on. By the time you got home. So when I came around and I saw you with the blindfold on, I said something along the lines, what a good girl you were, and started touching on you. And I think I ended up putting you on the bed all fours, and I got behind you, and I kind of signaled to Roy to move around in front of you and to get his cock out. And I think I grabbed you by the hair and told you to open your mouth. Yeah. And... What went in your mouth, I don't think is what you were expecting. No, because I didn't think that you would bring somebody home so quickly. So, you're sitting there and you've got me and your pussy and an unknown cock in your mouth. Yeah, and I had no clue who it could be. And, like, who you knew that would be friendly to come and have through some of us. And, if I'm remembering correctly... The blindfold didn't last very long. No. Uh, My curiosity got the better of me, and I was like, I need to see who is here. And things started progressing. You know, I kept fucking you, and you were sucking him, and then we were getting ready to do some position changing. And again, you weren't on birth control at the time. And so we were using condoms. Yeah. And Roy wasn't exactly used to using condoms. So he was having some issues staying hard. Up. Yeah, he he had issues staying hard. Um, just because I guess he was uncomfortable with the condoms, which happens. Yeah, which is why we are going to start practicing. <laughs> <not> <laughs> yet soon. No shaming on people who are. Oh yeah, not absolutely no shaming. Just if you're not used to them, it can be hard to keep an erection. Right. Well, we haven't well. used condoms in many many years because I can't have any more children so right (laughs) i have used condoms in the last few years and i know that there is some difficulty right and that eventually led to some risky things on my part that thankfully never came back to bite us in the ass yeah yeah that that's been one of my biggest fears with any type of opening our relationship I cannot have any more children, so I feel safe. You, on the other hand, can't. So it it makes me nervous, even with condoms, because things happen. It's not always 100% going to protect you. And I have a very strong outlook on you having children with other people. Which is fair. Right. But it's neither here nor there in the conversation we're having. (laughs) Yeah. So... Back to Roy. We had, where he was having issues with the condom, it 
was making sex difficult and made double penetration at the quest. Yeah. Beyond where you were giving him head. And I also had some thoughts going through my mind during our interactions since you guys had just gotten off work and I was having issues with. He hadn't taken a shower since yeah. he left the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, there was finally odor that turned me off in the process. So it was hard for me to even stay wet or be turned on in that moment because of the fact that you guys had just gotten off work. And all around it just was another uncomfortable experience. I don't think any of us reached orgasm. No. I, I don't think we did either. <laughs> and, I mean, Roy was cordial. Right. And afterwards, me and then went out on the balcony and smoked a bowl and, you know, he went home. And that was it. We didn't really talk too much about it after that. Beyond, you know, it was enjoyable. Even though orgasm wasn't reached. And he appreciated being invited. But you were left kind of turned off to threesome. Yeah. So my eloquent threesomes had changed after those two experiences because they were awkward. And I felt like in my brain that I could only, you know, please you to a certain extent because he couldn't keep it hard while he had a condom on and I know it was just the condom thing now but looking back then I felt like I would just disappoint anybody else that came into the bedroom even though there were orgasms involved in our first threes yeah it was just an awkward ending the lack of orgasm during the second threesome just turned me off to the idea and and how bad the first one ended you know, we ended up laughing about it, but, I mean, that's still a big ego hit. Right. So, I was just done with them at that point. And at that point, you still owed me a threesome. Yeah. As far as our agreement went. Obviously, you don't owe me anything. <laughs> you Her agreed. agreement, yes. And I think the reality is it ended up being two years before that agreement came through to anything. Yeah, I think that's about how long it was. And by that time... I'm not really sure that the agreement had anything to do with it. By that time, it ended up being a foursome, not a threesome, and beyond. So that that whole little deal fell through. Yeah, it did. And I think we stopped talking about it for a couple of years, stopped looking for additional partners, you know, outside of ourselves. At least until we decided to go to some king party a few months later at the start of 2015. But during the period in between... We didn't do a whole lot of work on ourselves or anything to really uh, nurture the idea of adding additional partners beyond what we had done. So by the time we ended up going to the kink clubs, I'd say we were still pretty underprepared. Right. I'd, we hadn't done any kind of research into those things. And just because we were on the website we were on... You know, that gave me the confidence to go to the kink clubs, but it was not... Posting your pictures, getting attention on your pictures. And right. Receiving really, messages. Really boosted your self-confidence. It did. But at that point, beyond simple 20, 30-minute scenes in the bedroom, I had no real concept of what being a dom to you should mean. Right, I had no idea how to actually be a submissive at that point. The idea turned you on, and you wanted to put it into practice. We, I wanted to put it into practice for you, but neither one of us had 
delved into developing the levels of trust that accompany that level of letting go of your freedom to somebody else. And the idea excited you to wear a collar that says you're mine. But your concept of what being mine and my concept of what you being mine were in two completely and vastly different and not necessarily healthy arrogance. Yeah. Um, because we weren't doing a lot of work on ourselves. And I don't think we had the kind of trust that it really took to be in the dom-submissive relationship back then because we had gone through the emotional affair phase and the um, who I was talking to on FET, I kind of felt like I was going behind your back because I didn't really tell you about it. Right, and even though I had given you permission to talk to people on FED, I don't think at that point either one of us necessarily meant in the way you were talking to whoever it was. Mark. So I had started talking to Mark on there and it evolved into us checking in on each other, not every day, but quite often. And that went on for a couple of years. And I didn't really tell you much about him. I didn't know much about it myself, but we had an instant connection we would talk about music that we were both into even though there was a significant age gap between us because i was what 21 22 22 i was 22 and he was 44 baby i think he was around 44 45 when we met uh we'd never met in person we still had never met in person and it was an emotional connection that goes back to me saying, you know, it was an emotional affair. Even though things were from everything I've been able to tell about it since then, basically platonic. Right. It was mostly pl mostly pl platonic because it wasn't all about sexual stuff. We, we had had a couple sexual conversations, but mostly it was about, like, ourselves or our interests or that was when I was really in writing back then. And so I would go for a run and come back and talk to him about it and that's kind of where it was kind of sounds to me like you were feeling guilty about having a friend yeah <laughs> and I, I think i was because of the amount of time i had spent talking to him because we talked like i said not every day but it was quite often that we would check on each other but how is that any different than how i talked to my guys on the game or I don't know. Like, I'm not guilty. Like, I don't feel guilty about it now. But back then I did because I felt like I wasn't telling you everything. Because I was texting, or not texting him because he would never text me. But I would be messaging him on the site while you were at work. And I wouldn't so much talk to him while you were home. Not just because I wanted to give you attention, just because I didn't want you to ask questions. I didn't want you to feel like me and him had more in common than me and you had in common. And, and I was worried that you would get upset by those things. And if we're perfectly honest here, it took me several years to realize that I was a dumbass. I mean, you have very little in common in the first place. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that in order to maintain a relationship, I was going to have to, you know, find something that we did have in common or create something we had in common. Yeah. 
And that's not to say that we don't have anything in common. It's just that whatever we're asking, what we have in common, we cannot tell you. No, at all. <laughs> we play in one of the same games that about the extent of that. We have completely different tastes in music. Our idea about what sports are are completely and totally different. She thinks that spinning around on ice with a stick is a sport. It is a sport. Hockey is a sport. Don't you get me started on hockey on this podcast, right? <laughs> And I did ballet as a teenager, so like... I played softball as a teenager. And this We were very opposite. We still are very opposite, but we have found some things outside of you know, our comfort zones to, you know, try and... I don't know. With as little as we have in common with each other, we can be ourselves with each other. Yeah. There's no shame for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. That's what I said. For the most part. There there have been some moments where I was like, oh, it's getting a little weird. My Lego sets are not weird, sir. You contribute to that addiction. Thank you very much. So touching back on Mark, you talked to him for... It was about six years on and off because... We would talk for a couple months and he'd ghost. And then he'd reappear months or even a year later. We'd talk again and he'd ghost. And there were periods of time where you weren't on the site. Very true. Very true. So it's not to say that he wouldn't have reappeared more often. Had... I mean, I'm not saying that you were the only thing drawing him to the site. but No, not at all. He had been on that site way, way before I had. Um, He just... There was a lot of things, and there's still a lot of questions I have about him because all I knew at that time was that his job made it to where he couldn't tell anybody who he was. We had never seen each other in person, although we lived in the same town. We, he had no trust that I would help him, I guess, because of his profession. And I'm not exactly sure what that profession was. There's a lot of questions on my end of why he would, um, deactivate his account or quit talking to me out of blue and as a reminder we're not using mark's real name no not at all i'm not even sure what his real name is but we are telling our story we're not trying to out anybody or shame anybody on what they have going on in their own personal lives we are just talking about how our experiences affected us yeah and with mark and his in and out ways of communication, uh, you didn't always take it the best when you would disappear. No, um, there because we did have such an emotional connection to each other, it was always a feeling of what did I do to piss him off this time, and and that was never the case with it. I've talked to him probably once in the last year just to make sure you know he's okay because. I felt like I didn't have a way to find out if he wasn't. Right. Because the only way y'all talked was on Facebook. And nobody knew that we had been communicating for years. I don't know if he has family. I, I know nothing about him other than the conversations that we had about interests. And he knows more about me than I know about him. And of course, that at that time, you wouldn't have cared if he was married. And she didn't know we didn't have... Our boundaries set at that point, or or my lack of morals. As far as we were concerned, we were responsible for our actions and not the actions of others. Yes. And we 
we learned our lesson on that. Yeah, it took me a little while to learn that lesson. But we'll probably touch on that more in the next... No, not in the next episode. It'll probably be a couple episodes from now. Yeah. I think our next episode is going to cover um, our visit to a kink party. Yes. Uh, in one of the nearby towns from where we were and what our experiences there were and how they affected us. And your amazing story that you tell every chance. Oh, yeah, I've got a story from our first visit, our second visit, I'm sorry, our second visit that was, <laughs> it, was it was absolutely life-changing, although it really took me about another year from the experience that I had there to unlock what I was being taught. Right. And that is a whole nother uncomfortable story for a different podcast, several, several episodes down the road. Yeah. But um, for now, we're going to close this one off, and we hope that you guys have enjoyed this. And we hope that you come back next time. Yeah, we're going to be releasing another episode probably next weekend, so make sure you're looking out for that. And as always, if you enjoyed it, give us a like, give us a subscribe, depending on which platform you're listening to. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to send us an email at ouyouwereserious2023 at gmail.com. And uh, y'all take care. I love you. I love you. <laughs>